I greet you all in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so excited to be sharing with you from the Word of God. My name is Bev. For those who don't know me, I'm an intern here at Waypoint Church. Thank you so much to Jim and Keith for giving me this opportunity to share with you from the Word of God. As most of us know, our senior minister, Mark Madavan and his wife, Kathy, are on sabbatical leave. So if we can remember them in our prayers during this special time as they take time to rest in the Lord, the Madavan family, let's remember them in our prayers. Our Bible reading for today is from the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33, verses 1 to 18. Quite a lengthy scripture, but I'll do my best. So if you have your Bibles with you, may you turn with me to the book of Jeremiah 33, verses 1 to 18. Jeremiah 33. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the God, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says about the houses in the city and the royal palaces of Judah that have been torn down to be used against the siege ramps and the sword in the fight with the Babylonians. They will be filled with dead bodies of the man I slay in my anger and wrath. I will hide my face from this city because of its wickedness. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. I will bring Judah and Israel back from captivity and will rebuild them as to how they were before. I will cleanse them from all the sin they have committed against me and will forgive them all their sins of rebellion against me. Then this city will bring me renown, joy, praise and honor before all nations on earth that hear of all the good things that I do for it. And they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provided. This is what the Lord says. You say about this place, it is a desolate waste, without man or animals. Yet in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem that are deserted, inhabited by neither man nor animals, there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and gladness, the voices of bride and bridegroom, and the voices of those who bring thanks offerings to the Lord, saying, Give thanks to the Lord Almighty, for the Lord is good, his love and yours forever. For I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were before, says the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In this place, desolate and without men and animals, in all its towns, there will again be pastures for shepherds to rest their flocks. In the towns of the hill country 
of the western foothills of the hill country of the western foothills of the Negev, in the territory of Benjamin, in the villages around Jerusalem, and in the towns of Judah. Flocks will again pass under the hand of the one who counts them, says the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line and he will do what is just and right in this land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteousness. For this is what the Lord says. David will never fail to have a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. Nor will the priests who are Levites ever fail to have a man to stand before me continually to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings and to present sacrifices. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. I'll just give you a brief historical background to where we are at now in Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah was one of the major prophets. Right in the book of uh, the beginning of Jeremiah 1, the Bible tells us that Jeremiah was called by God. He was set apart to be a prophet. Whilst he was still in his mother's womb, God set him apart for that purpose. His role was to warn the Israelites of the judgment of God that was coming if they did not turn from their wicked ways, repent and turn to God. What a hefty role Jeremiah had. His career, or rather his ministry, spanned over a period of 40 years from 626 BC to 587 BC, right up to the time of the captivity, of the final captivity, because the captivity to Babylon and the king Nebuchadnezzar took place in three stages. So in 587, that's when the last group was taken. And that's also when the temple, which was built by Solomon, was destroyed. The Israelites, most of them were rebellious people. However, there were some who were faithful to God, the likes of um, Daniel and his friends Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who were also taken into captivity to Babylon. But the majority of the Israelites, they were rebellious people. They offered sacrifices to other gods, to other false gods with a small g, gods with a small g. They offered sacrifices to Baal. They sacrificed their own children to Molech. There was a lot of injustice that was taking place at this point in time. A lot of injustice for the widows, for the orphans, for the poor, for the slaves, for the foreigners, for the ones who were marginalized in society. The priests, they were disloyal to God. They were not faithful at all. They told people what people wanted to hear. that everything was okay, and yet their relationship with God was not okay. As for the prophets, 
They were false prophets. They prophesied from their heads. They said, we've heard from God, and yet they were not hearing from God. They were announcing that there was peace, and yet there was no peace at all. But Jeremiah was a faithful man. So what took place right here in Judah, in Israel, is the same as what's happening now. There's nothing new there. Well, the writer of Ecclesiastics, Ecclesiastic 1 verse 9, tells us that there is nothing new under the sun. What is happening today, it has happened before. But Jeremiah was set apart by God for him to warn the people of the coming judgment. You know, we, 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 we think that we've got a hard task by just sharing the gospel with our neighbors or our workmates or our friends. And we think it's a hard, hard task. How about Jeremiah, who was called prophet to the nations to warn on the coming judgment? So this is where we are at in the book of Jeremiah. But at this time, Jeremiah is in prison. He's been imprisoned because of his prophecy, because of proclaiming the word of God. Jeremiah had been beaten. Jeremiah had been put into prison. This wasn't his first time to be put in prison. At one point, they put him in a cistern, which was full of mud. There was no water in it at all. It was just mud at the bottom. And the mud was coming up right up to Jeremiah's neck, right in this in the cistern. It's like a well with just a narrow opening. It's made to, to store some water, but there was no water in it. It was just mud. And their intention was they wanted to kill him. So Jeremiah faced a lot of persecution. Actually, his own family, they didn't want to have anything to do with him. He came from a line of priests, from the priesthood. But because he was prophesying about the coming judgment, his family didn't want to have anything to do with him. The Bible tells us that Jeremiah wasn't married. He didn't marry. He didn't have any children. I don't think he had many friends either. We do know, however, that there was a man who was faithful to him, Baruch was his secretary and his scribe. So most of the, of the texts that is written here in the book of Jeremiah should give credit to his secretary as well, Baruch, who was faithful in scribing on the scroll as Jeremiah dictated. So Jeremiah is in prison and the word of God has come to him. Even though Jeremiah was in prison, and he had lost some of the rights that comes with being a free person. But his jailers could not stop him from hearing from God. He still heard from God even when he was in prison. And there are three things that stood out for me when I was reading the book of Jeremiah. The first one is relational. That God is a God of relational. God is a God of relationships. The reason why he was warning the Israelites to turn to him was because he wanted to have a relationship with him, them. He was bringing them back to himself to have a relationship with him. You see, this takes us back to the book of Genesis, right at the beginning of creation. 
that we were created in the image of God for us to have fellowship with God. Adam and Eve, the first beings to be created, human beings to be created. But we find that in Genesis 1, everything was okay. God provided them. God gave them all that they needed in the Garden of Eden. But by the come Genesis 3, they've already rebelled against God. They've disobeyed. They've sinned. So it's from that time of Genesis 3, right through to Noah, to the promises that God gave to Abraham, to the Davidic line, and to where we are at right now in this time in 2021, God is still trying to have a relationship with us. And here in the book of Jeremiah, he's calling people unto him. Jeremiah 3, 33, 3 says, Call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. So God is telling us to call unto him. Call unto God. Not to anyone else. You know, we always run to other people when we have a problem. I do it myself. <laughs> we, run to, we, we run to our spouses, we run to our kids, we run to our friends. But the Bible is clear. Here God is saying, call unto me and I will answer you. Why? It's because he's a God who wants to have a relationship with us. And it's the same thing here with the Israelites. He was telling Jeremiah and saying, call unto me because he wanted to have a relationship with them. So God is a God who is relational. He wants to have a relationship with us. Why? It's because of the love that he has for us. But at the same time, let's not be mistaken that he is also a God of judgment. When we disobey him, judgment will come. But here in the book of Jeremiah 33, the next point is repentance. God calls the Israelites to repent. Here in verse, um, verse 8, 33, 8, it says, I will cleanse them from all the sin they have committed against me and will forgive all their sins of rebellion against me. As we know, repentance precedes forgiveness. The Israelites were taken into captivity to Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar for their rebelliousness. For 70 years, it came to pass. Even though they had been warned but they did go into captivity. But God tells us that I will forgive them. If they turn back to me, I will forgive them. So even before they even went into captivity, God already had a plan that he was going to forgive them if they repented. So the Israelites were being called to repentance, to repent of their sins. And turn to God. And the next point is restoration. So we've got relational. God saying, 
call unto me and I'll answer you. The next point is repentance. Turn away from sin, Israelites, and turn to me. The last point is restoration. God promised the Israelites that he was going to restore them. He was going to restore their land back to them. He was going to take them back to their place, back to their land, restore their animals, restore, restore their homes. Even the temple, the temple that was destroyed under the Babylonians, the temple that was built by Solomon, that they were going to build another temple again. But what I like the most about the book of Jeremiah 33 is the gem that's hidden in it. You know, when God says, call unto me in verse 33, and I'll answer you, and I'll tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. What are the unsearchable things that we don't know? In uh, verse 16, he's saying, hmm, this is so beautiful. Verse 17, for this is what the Lord says. David will never fail to have a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. No, the priests who are Levites ever fail to have a man who will stand before me continually to offer burnt offerings and to offer grain offerings, the present sacrifices. So God already has a plan for his people that he was going to bring a king from the lineage of David. And this king is going to rule forever. The sin that was committed in Genesis 3, God had a plan on how he was going to bring people back to him through the king was going to come from the Davidic lineage. I don't know about you, but that's just so exciting to me that in the midst of all the, the, <laughs> the negativity, as people say about the book of Jeremiah, about the weeping prophet, it's called, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet because of all the news that he had to bring to people. And it said it him as well. But in the midst of all of that, God has a plan. He has a plan for his people. So what does the book of Jeremiah mean for you and I today? Where do we sit today in this book? Is this book relevant to us? Of course it is, 100%. It's the word of God. Jeremiah was given this word by God. And after 23 years of him prophesying and warning people on the judgment of God, God actually told Jeremiah for him to have this word written on the scribes. Why? So that you and I can have this word. Because God wants to be in a relationship with us. Like I said in the beginning, Jeremiah was in prison in chapter 33, when we come to chapter 33. And we might feel like we're in prison right now because of the lockdown. But I'll tell you one thing, like Jeremiah, nothing should hinder us from hearing from God. Because God is saying, call unto me and I'll answer you. He wants to have a relationship with you and I. 
And how do we develop that relationship? It's us spending time with God, seeking Him in prayer. Being intentional about our relationship with God. Being intentional about our prayer life. Prioritizing prayer life. Seeking Him at the beginning of the day. Before we even look at our phones to see who sent us any messages or look at our emails. We need to seek God in prayer and put him first in our lives. Before we even go and speak to our kids and wake our kids up for the day. We need to seek God first in prayer. We've been given the word of God, the, the, the written word of God here, the Bible. This is another way of us connecting with God. If we want to know what the mind of God is, where you say, call out to me and I'll answer you and I'll show you unsearchable things that you do not know of. What are the unsearchable things? They are the mysteries which are found in the word of God in the Bible. But these are revealed to the people who seek him in spirit and in truth. You see, God knows what you and I are going through. Right now in this time, whether it's suffering from physical illness, God can relate to that. Whether it's suffering from mental health issues, depression, stress, anxiety, we have a God who is relational. He understands that too. Whatever that we are going through, we can take our our burdens, our worries unto him and he can carry the burdens for us. We don't have to struggle on our own. Or even if you're on mountaintop and everything is going well with you, praise the Lord, hallelujah. But we still need to seek God as well, whether things are going well for us or whether we're on mountaintop or we're down there in the valley. God wants to have a relationship with us. This is why we were created, for us to have fellowship with God, for us to commune with God. For he, he likes to know, he takes delight and pleasure in knowing that we are relying on him, we are dependent on him. You know, I, I had an earthly dad, unfortunately my dad's passed away, but when he was alive, when I needed anything, I'd run to him as my dad, as my provider. Why? Because I knew that he, he loved me. So if my dad, a human father, knew what I needed and provided for those needs for me, I'd run to him as a little girl and sit on his lap and speak to him. And we had a relationship. So what more our Heavenly Father who created us in His own image, who knows us so well, God is calling you and I to a relationship with Him. God wants us to turn away from sin and turn to Him. To repent. Repentance of sin. During lockdown, maybe some of us have created our own idols as a way of, of, of a coping mechanism, maybe not even realizing what we've done. 
But we need to turn to God. He's saying, call out to me. Don't search for anything else, but seek him. When our relationship with God is solid, when it is strong, regardless of what's going on around us, I'm not downplaying what's happening right now with the pandemic. But if our relationship is rooted and solid, we have this inner peace in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of everything else that's going on around us. As children of God, we have this inner peace in us. But we need to seek God in spirit and in truth. Turn away from evil and turn to him. I like what the psalmist says in Psalm 51. Let me see if I can find the scripture. Psalm 51. This was written by David. Uh, most theologians believe that David wrote Psalm 51 after he had received the word from Nathan. You know, when he had sinned through the relationship that he had with Bathsheba and when he murdered Uriah's, Uriah, Bathsheba's husband. So when David had repented and he had turned to God, most theologians believe that this is when he wrote Psalm 51. I'll just read um, verse 7, 51 verse 7 to 12. Listen to what David says. Cleanse me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. David, the man after God's own heart, when he had sinned against God, he'd come to his senses, he repented, and he's saying, create in me, God, a clean and pure heart. He's acknowledging that he can't do it on his own. Neither of us. Neither of us. That's why we are told when Jesus was telling his, um, the disciples on how to pray. He said, you should pray to God. Deliver me from temptation. Deliver me from evil. Because in ourselves, <laughs> our hearts are wicked. But we need God. And thankfully, the next point of, of restoration that was promised to the Israelites is also for us. The promise of a king to sit from the Davidic lineage is also a promise to us. The promise that was given to the Jews is a promise to us, the Gentiles as well. Because you see, Abraham was told by God that I will make you a father of many nations. And the many nations are you and I. That 
a son was going to come and save the world from their sins. And his name is Jesus. King Jesus. God in his ways of trying to reunite us back to himself because of sin, because of a fallen world. He sends his son, Jesus, to come and save us from our sins. Because on our own, we can't do it. As we've seen, the Israelites, despite being given many chances to repent, they still continue to be rebellious. But today we are under a new covenant. We are under a better covenant because of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross, a horrific death for you and I, so that we could be in relationship with our heavenly father. The fulfillment of the promise that was given to the Israelites back to the promise that was given to David in 2 Samuel Um, seven that someone from his lineage was going to rule forever came in the birth the death the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus as well as the ascension right now Jesus is set on the right hand side of our heavenly father making intercession for us But a time is going to come when Jesus is coming back again. He is coming back. But whilst we're still waiting for his return, you and I have a job to do. We have a job to do of sharing the word of God with the people that don't know the word. Jeremiah had a role. His calling was for him to warn people on the coming judgment of God for their disobedience. And you and I have that role too of sharing the word of God with people, warning them that they need to repent and turn to God. You see, God is a God of love. He loves us so much. The Bible tells us that because of his love for us, Jesus came and died on the cross and his blood was shed on the cross for us but he's also a God of judgment. We can't downplay that. We can't ignore that. He's a God of love. He's a God of judgment. Today is the day of salvation if you don't know Jesus. If you want to turn your life to God and make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, Make this the day where you're saying, God, I want to surrender it all to you. I've been trying to do things in my own strength. I've been trying to to be in control of my life. But I acknowledge that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Have a relationship with God whilst it is still day. Jeremiah was called by God.
because God wanted to restore people back to him. God is a relational God. He wants to have a relationship with you and I. God wants us to repent of our sins. And God wants to restore our souls. To restore us to wholeness and have a life of abundance. But that life of abundance can only be found through Jesus. Jesus is our only hope. Jesus is our anchor. Let us share the word of God with boldness.